Welcome to the If We Knew Then podcast. I'm Stephen Sox. And I'm Lori Sox. And today, coming from Cumbria, England, is Christina Bowman. Christina is an advocate. She created Diffability and is a member of some really great support groups that offer resources to the Down syndrome community. In this episode, we discussed a negative storyline in a UK soap opera that affects our community. And it also opens up the conversation of personal responsibility in the entertainment industry. I have to admit that I was apprehensive in in talking about the story because it's negative and I, I tend to try to focus on the positive. But in, in this case, we have a chance as a community to to join together and support each other because there are still misperceptions. There are still bits of bullying around, and we can make a change by letting our voices be heard and also discussing, just the discussion, just to be able to say, hey, this is going on, it's wrong, and I don't like it. And maybe it doesn't change the actions of the the doers, but what it can do is validate our concerns and help us as a community to make those much needed steps towards change and a more inclusive, loving world. Now let's welcome Christina Bowman. Christina, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. So Christina, maybe you can start off with telling us a little bit about yourself and some of the things you do. You, you do some great advocacy work in our community. So my name's Christina and um, I live in Cumbria, but I'm originally from the Northeast. I've always done lots of things in the third sector, but most recently after having my youngest son, who's now three, um, he was born with Down syndrome. I had some very negative thoughts about what Down syndrome was. Misconceptions, I believe, were brought to me because of society and the way that we look at Down syndrome. I thought he would die young. I thought he would never be able to get married or live independently. All these things that I've now discovered are totally untrue. Just half an hour up the road, the longest married couple who have Down syndrome live up the road from me and it's been amazing to meet them and the love that they still hold for each other. It's just, it's a delight to see. So I went out there to find out what the truth about Down syndrome was and um, I found a young lady called Jen who has Down syndrome and she has her own charity called Dance Syndrome so we got involved in that and Max is now a young dance leader which proves that you know however young you are you can start doing what you love doing and whatever age and I got involved with Down Syndrome Swimming GB again something that I didn't know was out there that this elite group of athletes, you know, there are, there are groups across in America, Canada, Ireland, you know, everywhere, and I had no idea. So I set up Disability 
DIFF because everyone's different. We all have different abilities. Obviously, some things have had to come to a standstill due to the COVID, um, but we still have Makaton Choir, we do the dancing um, and get involved with as many different groups as we can because everyone should work together, really. Um, the more that's out there, the better it is for everybody. So you're here today because of, of a TV show in the UK called Emmerdale. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. So Emmerdale's a much-loved show watched by millions of people. Um, so it's set in North Yorkshire in a farming village and two of the characters um, find out that their child may have Down syndrome and we already know that this is going to end in termination. 33 adults who have Down syndrome wrote a letter asking them to please not put this show on before it was ever screened. And they just totally ignored that request, saying that it's showing the other side of, you know, what people do when they find out that they've got a diagnosis of Down syndrome. Adults with Down syndrome that are really being hurt by this, they've asked for this storyline not to be shown. We believe it's against their human rights. They shouldn't have to sit there and suffer through this storyline. that Basically, it's telling them that it shouldn't be here. How did you guys find out about the storyline? So because it was such a shocking storyline, they decided to put it out in the media and that this storyline was going to happen. So I don't know if it's just to try and get ratings. I do understand that people do need to be protected from this because there are an awful lot of people with Down syndrome that watch this show. This show goes out to millions of people. And once we found out, we said, well, who is it that you've actually been in contact with? Because the Down syndrome community is very close-knit. And we knew that they hadn't approached any of the bigger Down syndrome support groups, um, DSA, um, Positive About Down Syndrome, um, Down Syndrome Scotland. And we found out that they'd actually approached something called ARC. Now, it's called Antenatal Research and Choices. What they say is they support women in the choice. They were founded in 1988 and originally called Support After Termination for Abortion, or SAFTA. And then uh, they changed their name to Support Around Termination for Abnormality in 1993, and before finally adopting the name Antenatal Results and Choices. Has the storyline started to come be shown? Yes, um, the it started this week. Have you guys done any kind of boycott for viewing to boycott the show and their storyline? There was a change.org petition started and Rachel Muse has actually got 31,000, well, over 31,000 signatures now. Um, so many of those people have boycotted the show. They're absolutely disgusted by it. Can we put that change.org in our show notes so people can go on and continue to sign the petition? Yeah, I'll put that. Against the show? It's slowly changing. I think right now we're at an age where we're seeing that it's changing and also people are using their voices to make that change because it's gone on across the board just far too long. And, and I think what happens is people get confused with this, a woman's 
choice. Right to choose. And right to choose, because that is so important, and that's something we have fought for. That is not what we're talking about here, because if that was the storyline, then it's not dependent upon Down syndrome, and I think that's what the writers of this show have to understand. When you make, if it's something where someone finds out, and then this is this is the topic. If you're saying, I'm going to make a show to support women's rights Definitely, because in our country right now, we're having to make sure that that gets upheld. That's not what's being done. And they need to understand that whatever they're trying to ride the coattails of, one, that's wrong. That is disrespectful to women. That is disrespectful for the fight that went on to get that right. And it's it's wrong what's being done because this is not what is being said. What they're saying is the value of someone's life with Down syndrome is non. The, you don't have a value and this is what should happen. And that needs to be perfectly clear that they need to own, this is what you're saying. That is what has to be addressed because people try to blend those two things together and it's completely separate. Yeah, and that's what we found. Um, a lot of people have been attacked we've been called pro-lifers, for asking for a show not to use Down syndrome as a reason for the abortion. We are pro-choice. We are pro-informed decision. That's part of the issue that we have surrounding this is that there isn't enough information out there, balanced information. But who's to choose what is balanced information for each person? I mean, you know, someone might want to speak to a person, an adult with Down syndrome, somebody else might not. They might already know in their own mind what it is that they want to do. But without at least having that there and without the medical professions having that enforced opinion and throwing that at you and pushing you in a direction that you might not necessarily want to take, this isn't a balanced story. How could it possibly be when it keeps getting mixed up with a choice and purely using Down syndrome as a reason for genocide? Well, I, I think that's the I think that's the thing is that the, the, the writers of this show need to be accountable and they need to be accountable for what they're doing. They're not doing anything for women's rights. So that should be absolutely clear. They're not doing anything for women's rights. They're not doing anything to push forward that the the right to choose. What they're doing is they're supporting the thought of genocide and they're they're sending a message that the life with Down syndrome has less value than a typical life because that's the story that they're telling. And the effect that that happens to the perception of Down syndrome is it affects my fight for my child's equality in the world, for the opportunities that he receives, for the education he receives. You know, IDEA in our in our country was put into effect in the 70s. 40 years ago. 40 mm -hmm. years ago. And I'm still having to fight for my child to receive an education because Things like this are put out into the world, things like this that are completely false, and they create a misperception of what Down syndrome is. So the the responsible thing to do would be to, uh, if is there a show about Down syndrome? Is it to have a discussion about what that means or why this woman thinks that and to show the opposite side? 
what I'm gathering, that's not what's happening. So that's the problem. You have a responsibility. Uh, Amazon has a responsibility to the product that they put out there. Twitter has a responsibility for the verbiage that they put out there. And the entertainment industry has a responsibility because it wouldn't happen. It would not go so blindly by to any other demographic because the groups behind those demographics are larger in part because what this show is basically advertising and doing. So our demographic gets smaller and smaller because of the message that's being sent out by this show. And because the parents, as you said, and this community is already working so hard to put up that fight, like what you have to do to sit here with us today and what we have to do to sit here with you today to bring attention to this matter is to take away from very valuable moments with our family. And I think that our community, its it, we, we don't always have that energy. We don't always have that time. And that's why things like this persist. And because society thinks it's funny to use the R word. And people don't understand the ramifications. And there's no accountability. Well, what what is Emmerdale's reaction to the pushback or what what did they say about their storyline and, and and the reasons they say um that emmerdale often tackles difficult subjects and looks at events in people's lives where they're faced with momentous decisions they also go, go on to say that um this isn't about right or wrong it's about showing the other side of a story they're just not really taking responsibility at all for the hurt and pain and damage that they're causing to our community. They're also, you know, we saw Laurel say that you have to think about the impacts on siblings, but we know due to studies that siblings, that the majority of them are happy and they say that they're actually better people for having somebody with Down syndrome in their life. So Emmerdale, that part of their response to uh, to support what they're doing is because siblings are affected? Within the, what's been shown, you saw the character say it, that you had to think about the impact on siblings. The thing about that storyline is all they're doing is propagating stereotypes and false information. All they're doing is propagating misinformation. We just had such a What's lovely... What's such lazy writing? It's so lazy. It's so irresponsible. It's, it's just... I, and to me, I don't, I, I just do not understand just that blatant, except that they think, oh, this is going to, I don't know. I can't even interject. It's one of those situations where I just don't understand it. We just had the loveliest conversation with the founding member of the group 10,000 Maniacs, the bass player. And his, and he's he's so lovely. His, his sister was born in 1949 and she had Down syndrome. Anytime we have an interview with a sibling, the the profound effect, the profound daily positive, positive inspiration, just like empathies. Because as siblings, sometimes they're fed information from society. Like I know that, you know, they can go to school and people will say, oh, well, this must be what you're experiencing. And the reality of their life, they they're so... There's such a grand impact on their lives to see the difference between perception and reality, the difference between an unfounded belief between what they're actually experiencing and the life lessons that it's just such a 
a gift. And so... So that doesn't make any sense to us. It it doesn't. I can't say that everybody's experience is 100% positive. But like you said, Christina, there's been... uh, there's been studies and I mean, it's, it's people. It's what are, inclusion is about. Yeah. I asked, I asked people, I said, you know, is this true? And I don't know how many people, I didn't count, but the, these, these messages just kept coming through saying, no, look at these siblings. And I've still got images of siblings just doing happy day to day things and saying this, this isn't true. We're happy. Our family's happy. How can, a show like this say to us siblings suffer because they don't now Stephen had mentioned that there's another storyline on the show there is a character with down syndrome is that true that is true um he's been in the show for nine years now and they're actually using him as a reason um Apparently, because they have somebody with Down syndrome in the show, this makes it all okay because the character is going to go and speak to the mother of the little boy, which, again, in reality, many people don't have that option. They don't have the opportunity to go meet somebody with Down syndrome um, or, or a parent because they just don't get signposted. And that, to me, just makes it actually this is worse because you're saying that even though these people know somebody with down syndrome they know that family they're going to talk to that family they've had information that many women in reality don't get and they've had a positive like the way that it was explained to them wasn't the way that most women get it delivered to them and they're still going to get rid of this child because it has down syndrome now if you take away all these things and you just look at a person who has found this out hasn't had all the information it's kind of been pushed towards a termination pathway their life isn't where they want it to be and there could be life reasons that they really do feel that they can't look after a child with with a disability now that might be a real life story but what's being portrayed on Emma Dill is not there's no way that they can make this okay, putting it on a soap opera, and then also having these outdated stereotypes, like we have to think of the siblings um, thrown out there. It's just wrong. You can write, like what you said, you can write a storyline, and that is a very real situation where some people, they, they might find out and not be able to or feel they're unable to care for a child with a disability. But I don't think that's the message that's being sent here. From what I'm hearing, that isn't that isn't the message. And it's also, I don't know, I feel like there's there's too many other things. If that was just the message that it might be different if it was presented in a different way. But if you, first of all, the actor with Down syndrome has to go and, and talk to somebody and say, hey, you're right, I'm too... I'm, I, that, I can't believe the pressure. I can't that believe that, they would do that, that to yeah. another human oh being gosh. to say, you're right. I, how can they make another human being do that? I have no idea. It's beyond me. Just like I said, they're using the fact that they're going to speak to the parents of a, a child with Down syndrome um, because they have a person with Down syndrome on the show and in one of the other shows. Well, I've heard a lot of a lot of uh, points made on on social media that 
hey, it's a soap opera. How is this going to influence people? But we know. We have we know reality TV, TV shows. here. We know I mean, they influence We had people. a reality TV show that influenced the next president of our country. There, there's TV shows that you change the, the, your haircut because of the, the person that's on the show. You dress a certain way because you see how someone is dressed on a show. So if you tell me that a TV show can't influence anybody, then you don't understand entertainment slash marketing slash uh, advertisement. This is what happens. And so it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous to use that as an excuse. As an excuse. And, yeah. I, and I find it hard to believe that that's how you really feel. No. I find it hard that somebody on a successful soap opera uh, would not understand the impact because I'm sure they've seen the impact of their show permeate. Yeah. That's what entertainment is. It's influential. Yeah. I want to be clear, too, because, you know, Stephen brings up a lot of points on, on the side of what the, the opposite side, what the real opposite side of the story is. And if they want to find the real opposite side of the story, then they can look and see what people are saying. And and it's not and know that that isn't necessarily what I'm hearing that they're presenting. They're not presenting the opposite side. So this isn't about choice. This is definitely not if that was if that was what they were trying to get across, then it would be it wouldn't have anything to do with Down syndrome. And the impact on the community is great because you're basically telling anybody with Down syndrome that you feel like their their life doesn't have a value and and you are propagating every stereotype that every parent has to navigate through the entire journey of their of raising their child and creating a life and opportunities for their child that's one thing that they need to own and understand and if they continue to go forward that's absolutely their choice but to turn a blind eye and pretend like they're not having a negative impact on people with disabilities make it a blanket disability Make it we found out our child has a disability. Don't be so precise as to say it's Down syndrome. Then have another character who has Down syndrome devalidating their life and existence. Don't do that. Don't do that to an entire community. For me, I feel like, okay, if you want to go forward in this, then one, own what you're doing. Just own it. Uh, writers, you come out and you come and talk to the, the community and say, we stand behind the fact that this is what we think about Down syndrome. Have have that kind of, if you have the courage to put something out there that's going to have such a detrimental effect on a community and you've heard their voices and to ignore a letter from 33 people with Down syndrome, from 33 adults saying, this is the reality of what you're doing. You're going to turn a blind eye because a, a, a group that has nothing to do with Down syndrome says you're good to go. That's irresponsible. At, but if that's what you decide to do, then have the chutzpah to come out and own it. Don't don't hide behind some fake noble thing that you're trying to pretend that you're doing. Showing you're not, the other side. You're not showing the other side. And, and, and you've been told that. That's the thing. I get it. Like if I if I do something and then someone says, "Hey, Lori, this is what you did," I will say, "I am. That's not my intention." Or I'll go, "Yeah, I know. It's obviously if it wasn't your intention, something would have changed." So own it. Own whatever prejudice you have toward the Down syndrome community, that that you think this is okay, that you've ignored our voices. Have there been any people from the Down syndrome community to say, "Yeah, this is a good storyline. Go forward." The, the, there was one mother who has said that had she known, she would have terminated. 
and has actually backed up the Emmerdale storyline. And I, I said to her, well, this isn't about choice. This is about the negative effect that this show is going to then have on the rest of the Down syndrome community. Not one person's choice, but those thousands of people out there that are going to be ne negatively impacted by this. She just wouldn't, because she's so blindsided by what she wants or what she feels maybe she should have done, that she can't see the negative effect it's having on the rest of the whole of the community. People have actually been approached in school grounds for another parent to tell them, oh, I would have had an abortion. I couldn't have dealt with having a child like yours. Um, you know, Stephen and I have experienced that a lot in our 10 years. Uh, when when Liam was still like, itty bitty and I took him to the park with Sophia, I had a grandmother tell me of a place in Arizona I could put my child because not many people want babies like that. And when I tell people that story, they're horrified. But the reason why that woman felt comfortable doing it is because in the 1950s, the doctors would say, just leave your baby at the hospital. We'll, we'll, we'll take care of it. We'll put it in an institution. It doesn't have a value. And that was something that what they said. This isn't just from the 1950s. So I got involved with the Maternity Voices Partnership because after Max was born, though my experience wasn't bad, it wasn't the best either. And I later found out that some mums had, um, while the partner wasn't in the room, been asked if they would like to leave their baby because you can put your baby up for adoption. Now, this is only five years ago. I've heard somebody else tell me the same thing, and this was three years ago. So this isn't something from the 1950s. This is still something that actually does get offered to parents now. It's been continuous and where it started from and, and where we began just hasn't changed enough. And it's because of the perceptions that are propagated. You know, it's, it's because from the outside, what people have been meant and thought to believe, it, it's just not, it's not the reality of the situation. And, and so I think for, I think for this, for this episode, for this, for this conversation, what's important to me is one, that our community understands the power of their voice. So to go to change.org and sign that petition. And two, for any parent who, who watches Emmerdale, who is in that situation where they've just received news in a negative way and are receiving those negative stories that are still out there, that you have so many resources, so many resources at your fingertips, so many people to reach out to, to get the truth, or at least different personal truths, because everybody's truth is different. Uh, there's so many people that you can reach out to, to talk to, to get support, to get comfort, to have information, to be empowered, because that's the thing is that our education and our stories empower other parents to know that it's, it's not based on this. And, you know, to the parent who supports Emmerdale and feels that way, I just have nothing but compassion for that person and empathy to to have had so many challenges and to not have had the support in whatever their community was and in whatever their group, their tribe, to not have support, to have lifted them up 
and help them to where that they feel like that was a better option. I get that. I was adopted at four years old. My mom thought I was too much for her. So I was given away. I, so I have empathy for the, the, the parent that feels that way. And I know that it happens, and it, but it doesn't just happen because your child has Down syndrome. It happens because being a parent is hard. And so I think that the whole of the story needs to be understood. And parents in this community, we, we need to rise up and understand that until it changes, we're still going to hear stories and we're still going to be presented, you know, by the medical community. We're going to still be approached at the park or at the grocery store. We're still going to fight for the education and equality of our children. And that's just what we do right now. But I have confidence that it's changing and that it will change. And with this conversation, it's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate because Emmerdale does have a, a, a chance to make a positive impact or at least actually create the other side of the conversation. They have a responsibility and they have a power and they're not owning it. And to me, what it sounds like is they don't have accountability and they're ignorant to their impact. And they're taking advantage of a group of people who fight hard enough for what really matters. What really matters is equal rights. What really matters is our education. What really matters is our civil rights. Those are important. You know what? A soap opera, it's really not that important. And at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, people of Emmerdale, what have I left on this earth? What impact have I made to humanity? And is it the one that I want? Am I proud of this? Is this something that I can stand behind? So what's important to me for our conversation, Christina, because you do great things in our community and you do help to put the change out there. And this conversation, it might not go our way. They may continue with their storyline and just not really care. And that's some that's what bullies do. But we've dealt with that before in this community, haven't we? And we'll take this negative and somehow we'll make it into a positive. Sometimes, somehow we will make a change with it. I think we already are. Um, I don't know if you've seen the videos, the 10% videos. Parents have come forward and they've decided to keep their children and they've said, hang on a minute, hear our voice, listen to our side of the story. We are the minority here. The 90% are telling us we should be quiet when, when we are the ones that are the minority group. You know, it's non-judgmental. It's telling about their side of the story, how they came to the decisions that they did and what life's like now, you know, and and both sides of the story do need to be heard because the 90% can't just turn around and shout at us, oh, no, you're anti-abortion, you know, you're pro-life. That's not the case. It's, it's, it's not about that at all. The 90% can't turn around and, and yell at us, you don't have a value and you don't have a voice. And that's what they're saying. And they're wrong because every life has a value and every life has a voice. And a lot of people are told they don't. And unfortunately, then they lose their voice and it's hard to find again. And that's just not people with disabilities. That's just not people with Down syndrome. I, I know plenty of typical abled people who have had different challenges in life and been told that in their community, but they can still function. They can still go out there without, because that's something that they hold within. And that's something really kind of humanity needs to, that, that needs to change as far as how we treat one another. But a, a typical person, I can go out into the world and nobody knows what I carry in me. Nobody knows what's been said to me. No, nobody knows my challenges, but my son 
he has those almond-shaped eyes that tell people, and people can automatically look at him and project what they believe his challenges and his value is. And it comes from misinformation, and they're wrong. Those beautiful almond-shaped eyes. They are, right? I love when people say Liam looks a lot like me because I'm like, oh, thank you. I think, I think we have so much in common. <laughs> Sophia is so much like her dad, and Liam and I are on the same page always. So I, I, I do think that, that something good is coming from it because we're speaking up. And I think that has such a value because it takes a lot. It takes a lot to speak up. And some really beautiful, great, powerful, courageous people have come before, and that's how they made change. And they inspire me uh, in my life. And so even if Emmerdale continues forward, I, I say that as a community, we need to embrace our community and know that we need to work harder to make sure that when parents are in the hospital or they receive a diagnosis, that there's plenty of uh, supports for them and resources for them and the awareness that they're out there for them. That as a, as a community, that if we can let our voice, and I know it's hard. I, I know it's a challenge. It's a challenge to eke out a minute in the day to do other than what you're already doing. But that's the other side that needs to be shown. That's the other side. Yeah, that's it's, the side. Is the side we're experiencing. There's no care pathway for people that choose to keep their children. Quite the opposite. I mean, when Max was born, there was nothing in the hospitals. There was no, no signposting. Um, so that's something else we have been working with hospitals to try and rectify. Um, we've got a nice um, pack put together that we've co-produced with the hospitals. There are a lot of hospitals out there in the UK that don't have these packs. And I've been speaking to somebody in Australia um, and I've seen the Jack's Baskets and the other things, you know, that do go out in other countries. And uh, it's just such a shame. And it, it hurts me to think that anybody out there might have a child be born and think all the negative things that I thought that just aren't true because there isn't that support there and how do we change that and hopefully like you say some change positive change will actually come from this Emmerdale storyline we have to try and look for the positives don't we in everything I think the first initial reaction is just the anger you know, because we do fight so hard to, to make a difference, we fight so hard to change the narrative. And so there's that initial, are you kidding me? And we can't believe, oh, we're doing this again. It's like when I tell my daughter to pick up her shoes, like for 12, the 12th time. It's like, really? We're, we're, we're still doing this, but we are. And if we have to keep doing it, then we have to, but it will change. And I think that there, there are supports out there for parents, more more supports than were out there when Liam was born. And so I, th I think that, that that just continues. And this just, maybe this is just something that gives us a nudge. It would be great if they would, be, they would take some responsibility and accountability or even make a change or actually do what they're saying that they're doing and actually show the opposite side. That would be great. But the chances of that happening um, are very slim because bullies very rarely do that and they're picking on they're picking on the vulnerable yeah because they can and honestly they can that's that's why they're doing it because it's an easy target and 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 something that i think that one day that they'll regret 
uh, because when they understand whenever that time comes what they've done but that's not that's not mine to judge that's but but it is here to support our community and and I'm so I'm so thankful that you brought this to our attention because we would have never known about it no there's um, there's going to be a lot of our listeners that really don't have any idea have no about idea. This, this at all so what our listeners can do is go on change.org and sign the petition is there an and, and you'll put that in yeah. the show notes. Mm-hmm. And what do you think the next step is, Christina? In the UK, well, there's the Down Syndrome Association that they get, could get in touch with. Um, there's Down Syndrome Scotland. Um, they they were furious um, at this storyline. Um, there's Positive About Down Syndrome. And I know that they also have new parent groups and they have... Um, counsellors that can help support you um, if if you choose to um, get in touch with them. So as well as that, there are lots of local support groups that could point you towards um, an adult or a, a parent of somebody with Down syndrome that you could possibly talk to. Like you say, there's so much support out there. There's so much love out there. I mean, if you do have Facebook or Twitter and you call out, we will hear you and we will come and we will support you. We are a big family and uh, we're there for you. And um, we've got you back, as Rachel says. You know, we're a family. We are. And, and part of a family is to be strong and uh, to protect each other and to stand up for each other. And, you know, we go through challenges together. Just I want to acknowledge this is wrong. I want to acknowledge that you're doing great things to make positive changes. And there's a lot of people out there, all those groups you just named. And that should, that's the focus of this community. That's the focus. And if some silly TV show wants to write a stupid storyline that is bullyish and hurtful and they don't have accountability as an artist. That's on them. That's on them. What's on us is that we're changing the story and we're changing the perception and that's what we'll continue to do. And I appreciate you and I appreciate you bringing this to the forefront. So, you know, if you're, if you're not in the community that, that is exposed to Emmerdale, we can still support each other again by going to change.org, by reaching out to any of the other organizations that were mentioned that we can put also in the show notes and then what about those 10 percent videos is there a way that people can make those 10 percent videos yeah so it's if you contact diff ability um we can put those together for you um it's to give parents a voice really a voice that you know they feel that they just don't have right now it's not about negativity it's about showing the truth the reality of what happens because everybody's reality is different some people have had such positive experiences and others you just want to sit and cry when you listen to the stories and this is the problem it should be the same pathway across the board everybody should be given balanced information and and we should all have a positive experience whatever we do well we appreciate you christina thank you for joining us today and one day, hopefully, we get to see you in person. That would be lovely. Please follow us on Twitter at If We Knew Then Pod, 
And you can drop us a line on our Facebook page at If We Knew Then Pod. Or visit our website, ifweknewthen.com, to send us an email with questions and comments. And you can join our mailing list there and get alerts of future podcast episodes. All these links will be added to this episode's show notes. Thank you again, and we look forward to you joining us on the next episode of If We Knew Then. Come and